What's that? <laughs> well, good morning. How are y'all today? Good. It's good to see you. Let me welcome you to First Baptist Church. We're really glad that you're here, that you braved the rain. You never know what's going to happen when you wake up in the rainy day with Baptists. You just, uh, but we are glad every one of you are here. Don't forget on the back page of your, of your worship guide, you'll find an announcement about the um, the Wednesday night meal that's starting this week. And um, so please sign up by tomorrow by 2 o'clock so we can know how many to cook for. But, but it's $5 a person, $20 max for family. And so we, we, we're looking forward to it at 515. And, and we'll serve in, in the kitchen area there. So you'll need to come around this way. You could, if, it's, if the weather's cold, you can wait in the fellowship hall while you're waiting. But we'll eat out here. So we're looking forward to it. And we're really glad you're here. There are several announcements. I hate to make this many announcements. Announcements, but we really need to make these announcements so you can look at it. So if you'll look at the announcement page in your worship guide, let me call your attention to it and at least get you to see it so you can go back and read. The Valentine's um, for the veterans gift bags is, is something that we need to get a part of, the WMU sp uh, supporting that, so please do that. If you're a member of the church and you have a child in the daycare, you have an early registration opportunity, and um, you just be, need to make sure that you're on the, on the waiting list. And the way you do that is call and get on the list. So please make sure you take note of that. The well, the well ministry, um, well gathering, is, is the date change, um, February 25th. So please, um, ladies, see that. And then the Kelly Mentor, May 17th and 18th, the tickets are on sale. You can buy those tickets outside if you need to. Now... When I say that, you, you have to go through the, the way it's set up. You have to go and do it with a card. Um, I wish we could have it where you could buy with, with, um, with cash or checks if you want to, but it's just the way it's set up. So there are some ladies out there to help you with that. And then you can see the rest of it. Men, not to leave you out, Sons of Thunder will re, um, rejoin and begin to meet again February 18th in this room at 530. Todd Jones is going to be sharing with us. So be a chili cook-off. Russell gets to to, um, get to defend his crown. He was a the chili king last year. So we'll be having that and looking forward to it. Just one more thing, and I'm going to let you welcome each other. One Wednesday night a month, we'll be doing a covered dish, and um, it happens to be this particular February, the second Wednesday. We'll announce it, but we're asking you to bring soups or chilies or whatever you want with the fixings to go with that. Um, as we said, Priscilla said, nothing more romantic than a Wednesday night um, dinner with soup and chili on Valentine's Day. But that's what we're going to do because D, you'll be going on. So a lot of things for you to be involved in. Why don't you stand up and greet everybody? We're really glad you're here.
appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. All right, you can be seated. It really is good to see you. A couple people have asked me about my clean-shaven face. Clippers, you need to make sure what, how big the guard is before you start. So, so I started, and it went to the skin instead of what I thought, and so I decided it's time to come off, and Kim's prayers were answered. So, uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all keep that up, I'll grow it back. Well, thank you so much. Um, let's pray together, and then we're going to have our scripture reading. Well, well, call to worship, please. Let's start with that. Um, this is straight out of Psalm 63, some of Kim's favorite verses. Would you read it out loud with me? Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Amen? What a wonderful passage. Let's pray, and then we'll have our scripture reading. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you. And what we ask today, Lord, is that you would help us worship you as you deserve to be worshiped. Tune our eyes toward you. I know there are a lot of things going on in our life, a lot of distractions, but just for a moment, Holy Spirit, would you just tune those out, tune us into you, and help us to focus on this worship hour, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Keith. Morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. These are some hard scriptures this morning. So guys, let me pay attention. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. This is the word of the Lord. Let's continue to worship through music. Let's stand. I think you're just going to worship with these songs today. And I know so many are going through a lot of different things. And I just pray that the lyrics of these songs minister to your heart today as you worship Jesus.
our testimony if you know the Lord. I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. From the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. You made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe.
daughters was six she had to have a pacemaker and um, I'll never forget when Kim and I kissed her goodbye and walked with her as far as we could walk with her turned her over to the doctors and they went back and did the surgery just the helplessness of that a few years later that same child had spinal fusion and we endured it again Tomorrow morning, um, one of our own, little Camille, is having open heart surgery. Um, Landon and um, Balin, their mom and dad, Kim and Jonathan are grandparents, and they're here. And I wonder, I didn't ask them before, but I hope Kim and Jonathan would be okay. Would you just come up today? I know it's a lot going on, but I want our church to pray for you as you stand, as you stand in, in place of your grandchild. 13 months old, open heart surgery, over six hours at least. And they, they were battling whether it was a heart transplant or a valve replacement. And so I just want you to know we're praying for you tomorrow, and I want some of you, if you feel comfortable, to come and surround them. And the rest of you, just come on and let's pray for them. Let's pray for Camille. Pray for the doctors and the nurses. I'm going to give you a few moments. If you're sitting, that's fine. Would you just lift up? Her name is Camille. And just let's start lifting her up to the Lord. Asking God to bring healing. She's already been through a couple surgeries. Just pray that God would strengthen her, that God would give wisdom to the nurses and the doctors, but most of all, that our great physician would reach down. Sometimes he heals through miracles, and we, we're asking for that even now, Lord. We believe you could heal her heart even now where the surgery wouldn't even be necessary. You raised the dead. You could do this. We know that your ways are not our ways and you teach us things and we learn things and, and there are impacts to, to living in a fallen world and we, we don't understand Why little girls have to have this kind of surgery, but we thank you that we live in a place where she can. 
so many in the world would have no hope. But God, we lift Camille to you. Jesus, you at one time told the disciples, let the children come to me. And you took them in your arm and you blessed them. We can't literally bring Camille to you, but we, we lay her before you. We lay her in your arms. We know that you'll be there. You're already there and you'll be in that room with her. And we ask God that you would be with her. We pray, God, that you would give the doctors wisdom as they perform such an intricate surgery. We ask God that her body would stay strong and that she would have total recovery. I pray for Landon. I pray for Balaam. They made a choice that many in the world would say was foolish. They, um, they had a child knowing that she would have this condition, but God, they honored you. And I just ask you, Father, that you would you would honor that decision by giving them a strong baby girl. I pray, God, that you would be with them. They've been unbelievable in this last 13 months. And I pray for Landon. And I pray, but I pray for Kim and Jonathan and the other grandparents. I, I can't even imagine. But we lift him to you and pray that you would comfort them with peace that surpasses understanding. Camille's in your hands. And we ask God that you would show us your glory for no other reason than simply for your glory's sake. We pray, Father, you would do something tomorrow that the doctors would have to just come out and say, we don't understand it. It's just God. You know the other needs that are in this room. We lift them to you. We don't want to make light of them. We know they're important to each family, and we pray for them. And as we turn to your word, we ask that you'd feed our souls. We need you in these times. So feed us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Surgery begins at 6 in the morning, so we'll be in prayer for them, and please do that. Thank you. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 2. We turned there last week in Colossians, and... And we ended with verses 5, but I want us to look at verses 6 and 7 today. It's an incredible passage of Scripture. It, it seems so simple when we read it, but the more you dig into it, you see the whole gospel here. You see what God's called us to do now that we've been made alive in Him. And we also see what He's promised to do in us when we trust in Him. So this is an incredible passage, and I hope that you'll listen. And, and, and if you can, I invite you to stand in honor of the reading and the preaching of God's Word. Just verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, 
rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You can be seated. As I was studying for this passage, I, I went through the commentaries and other things, but I, but I also went back and, um, and I read a couple sermons. And one of the pastors that I read opened with an illustration that just brought to mind uh, the way that we should open this. He talked about Saving Private Ryan, the movie. And many of you have seen that movie. The movie's basically about this. Um, a woman who has several sons in World War II has lost every son except for one, Private Ryan. And so a general and a couple officers task Tom Hanks, captain, the captain in the, in the army, to, to go with a group of men and find Private Ryan. The whole movie's about that. And at the very end, they do find him. And, and basically, if, sorry if you've not seen it, it's still worth seeing. Everyone that went to rescue him dies. And Private Ryan is there with Tom Hanks, the captain, and he's, he's, he's dying on a bridge, and it's just this incredible scene. And he looks at him, the captain says, earn this. Earn it. And then he dies. At the end of the movie, Private Ryan is now older, and he's standing at Captain Miller's tomb, graveside. And as he's standing there, his family's behind him, and he's speaking to Tom Hanks' character. He says, my family's with me today. They wanted to come with me. I wasn't sure how I would feel about coming here. Every day I think about what you said to me on that bridge. Earn this. And I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that it was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I've earned what you have done for me. And then he looks at his wife, who has joined him at this moment, and he says, tell me that I'm a good man. Tell me that I've lived a good life. It's an incredible scene. I've watched it several times. I've never watched it without crying at that moment. It's an incredible movie. But the sad thing, church, is that many of us live our lives like Private Ryan. Jesus Christ died for us. He earned our salvation. He earned our glory. And yet we're still trying to earn it. We're still trying to live in such a way that, that Jesus would look down on us and say, well, you've earned what I've done for you. I want to remind you that um, we can't earn it because we didn't deserve it. It's a great movie, but it's a terrible understanding of the gospel. Jesus' salvation comes by grace. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone for his glory alone. It's the only way we're saved. We're saved by his grace. And, and Paul said that just as we're saved, so we're to live. It, it's never about earning it, church. You can never earn it. God became a man and died on a 
cross, a, whole, a horrible way of dying for us, for our sins. You can't earn that. But you can live in it. And you can be saved by it. If you look at verse 6, he, he opens with the words, there, the word therefore. You know, when you see a therefore, you ask, what's it? Therefore. Everything he's been saying up to this point is tying into this, and he's leading us to this. It's, it's interesting that, that Paul is continuing what he's been saying. He, he, he continues what we've studied for the last several weeks. We're, but here's the interesting part. We're just now entering into the body of the letter. Nine sermons on the introduction to the letter. The body of the letter starts now. The meat of it starts right now, and it goes all the way to chapter 4, verse 6. And, and so as we look at this, the, we, we, we come not only to the body of the letter, but in just a moment we'll see the first command of the letter. There's not been one imperative command at this point. This will be the first one that we see in our first verse. But I just want you to look at the text. Therefore, as you received Christ... As you received him. When we're saved, we receive Jesus. Jesus is the gift of the salvation that we have. He died on the cross and earned our salvation, and he paid the price that, that and we'll see this more in the days to come, but he paid a price that, that the Father demanded. And, and through that, because he's paid our price, we simply receive what he's done for us, and in receiving it, we're saved. We're born again. Just as you received Christ, the gift is Jesus. That's why he says in our text, we already saw, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You receive Christ and he comes inside of you and God the Father puts you in Christ. And in chapter 3, we'll see that when he sees you, he doesn't see you, he sees Jesus. We're in him. We're encompassed by him. And so let me say this to you, that the entirety of our Christian life, all of the Christian life is really nothing more than learning to live out the implications of our union with Christ. The entirety of it. The Christian life that we live is nothing more than learning to live out the implications of our union with Christ. And we're going to see a lot about that in the days to come when he begins to talk about who we are in him and with him. The moment we believe the gospel, the moment we receive Christ is the moment that Christ comes into us, inside of us through his Holy Spirit. But notice this, he's Christ Jesus the Lord. Christ Jesus the Lord. He's Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the promised one. He's the one promised all the way back into Genesis 3. He's, he's promised all the way through scriptures. There's a thread of redemption that runs over and over again. He's the Messiah, the prophet, the priest, the king. He's the Lord. He's Jesus. Now let's look at that. Christ Jesus. We, we know his name, Jesus. Jesus is his human name. It literally means the Lord saves. Jesus walked on this earth. He really did. 
And somebody who wants to say that it's just made up has never studied and, and, and studied the history because even Roman historians and Jewish historians mention Jesus by name. He really walked on this earth. He was the God-man. He, he was God, the one who came to save us. He, he came. He's Christ, the Messiah. He's Jesus. But notice, the Lord. When we talk about receiving Christ, we're receiving the Lord, the Lord of all. He's the one that, that said to Moses, um, I am who I am. That's him. Jesus is God. And so when we receive him, we receive the Lord. We, we receive the Messiah. We receive the prophet. We receive the priest. We receive the king. We receive the Lord of lords. And when we believe in him, you see, salvation is it's not just that you believe that the person of Jesus walked on the earth. Salvation is that you believe that what Jesus did was for you. And you believe that he's paid your debt and you receive that from God. You receive from him the payment of your sins. You receive him as a gift. And we believe what he taught. But, but listen. Being a follower of Jesus also means that we believe everything the apostles taught about him in the New Testament. What Paul teaches about him here is, 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 is from God, and we believe what he says. We, we can't do what Thomas Jefferson did with the New Testament. He went through and cut out all the parts he didn't like. I got a copy of his little New Testament. It ends with a crucifixion. There's no resurrection. He doesn't believe in the miracles. We can't cut out what we don't like. We, we can't cut out the passage that Keith just read. We've got to see it and embrace it just like we embrace any other passage. We believe what the apostles taught. We, we believe what the prophets taught. We believe what Moses handed down to us. We believe what the Scripture says about Jesus. The apostle Paul, in his life, there was no line of separation between belief and behavior. If Jesus comes into your life, it changes the way you live in him and, and the way you live your life because he's now in you and, and his spirit's there. And so we look not only to what we say we believe, but we look at Christ Jesus the Lord and ask, where's the fruit of that belief? Is there fruit in our life? And I'm going to show you in a moment why there should be fruit in a person who follows Jesus. The command is simple. As you received Christ Jesus, here it is, walk in him. That's the one thing we must do. I know that there are many other things that the Bible teaches, but walking in him is the one thing we must do. Because when we get out of step with him, when we get out of fellowship with him, when we stop walking with him, nothing else can be done for his glory. So we have to walk in him. We have to make a conscious choice every day to walk in him. What is interesting is that Paul prays something very similar to this in chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Look at it. He says, and from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. How do, we, how do we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? Remember what he said? He says, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, verse 11 and verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who qualified us. Paul said, somebody said, Paul's prayer in chapter 1 has now become Paul's command in chapter 2. 
He's praying that we'll walk in him. And now he's commanding us to walk in him. Walk in him. Live your life by faith. Live your life by his grace. Live in the union with Christ. When you wake up in the morning, know that Jesus is in you. Listen to him. Follow him. Let him help you and direct you and guide you. It's a wonderful way to live. It's awesome to live that way. Live in union with him. The idea is what we see in 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Now, how do we do that? Walk in him. I can say, go, walk in him. How? What I love about the Bible, and especially Paul, is that when it gives us a command, Paul often turns around and tells us exactly how to do it. And that prayer in chapter 1, he tells us what to do, and he gives us four participles. Here, he gives us a command and gives us four more participles, four things that tell us how to keep the command. So there's one thing we must do, but there are four things that God is doing, four things God has done and is doing, which enable us to walk. Let me say this. Without these four things, you can't walk. Without God working in you, you can't do what he's calling you to do. So when you're born again, these things begin to take place because God's inside of you. Four things, four things. Really, let's just look at it, four images. Several people refer to these images. Let me just show you. There's an there's a image of farming, okay? He says rooted. So in the farming, you see the word rooted there. And, and literally, it's... It, the, the New American Standard gets it. It says, having been rooted. That's the tense of what he's saying. Having been rooted, which tells us this. Being rooted is something God does. The moment you receive faith in Christ, God roots you down in Christ. He roots you. He does it. It's, it's something that he established. The moment we trusted him, at that moment, we're like the, the, the man in Psalm 1. We're like the tree planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither, who bears fruit in its season, and he prospers in all that he does. That's who we're supposed to be. doesn't mean we don't have drought. doesn't mean we have struggles. doesn't mean that we have hard times. But it does mean that if we're in Christ and rooted in him, we, we have roots, we have we have. The water of the Word, as we sing about today, and, and as we come to the Word and come to the Spirit, He begins to produce fruit through us. He roots us. Now get this. The rooting was done once and for all. The tense in the way Paul talks about this, it was done once and for all, and we are permanently rooted. Permanently rooted. If you are in Christ... Your roots have been brought into Christ, and no one can snatch you out of the Father's hand, Jesus said. Permanently rooted in him. You can't lose Jesus if Jesus is in you. You can't do it. The Holy Spirit convicted us. He enables us to trust in Christ. We repent of our sin through the Spirit's work, and God roots us in Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Nobody pointed this out, but I kept reading, and this is interesting to me, that Paul says, I want you to walk in him, and then he says, and you're rooted. Doesn't seem odd to you? <laughs> walk, but you're rooted. 
What does it mean? The more I thought about it, I thought it could only be this. The faith that we trust in, the faith that we believe in, the faith that encompasses the Christian life, the, the gospel. The gospel is not about believing in Jesus and then moving to something deeper. You don't, you don't believe in Jesus and just move on to something else. Now understand, the false teachers that we'll begin to deal with in the next few verses, they were teaching, okay, you got the gospel, but let us teach you some deeper things. You see that in teachings today. You see it in, you see it in the prosperity gospel. Okay, okay. You, you get saved, but, but let me show you how you get deeper into it where you can be rich. You see it in some of Wesleyanism. Okay, you saved, you, you get the Holy Spirit, but, but you got to have that second feeling. Listen, you never move on from Jesus. You grow in Jesus. I want to be filled not just a second time, but a millionth time. Day by day, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit so I can live in Him. But, but I'm not getting more of the Spirit. It's, it's, the Spirit gets more me. Again, it's like a cup full of rocks and overflowing water. It's the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit is like I'm, I'm taking rocks out. There's more room in my life for Jesus. The rocks sin. As the sins are being removed, as the habits get removed, as I grow in Him, there's more and more room for Him to be expressed and manifested in my life. As we think about this, we're rooted in Him. But secondly, there's a reference from construction. From construction. He says we're, we're being built up in Him. Built up in Him. Again, the phrase is being built up. And this is what's different. I, I know that, that, that we don't read Greek, and I, I just have to use the tools. But, but the, the first word says this is something God has done. But the second word says this is what God is doing and continually does. God roots you when you're saved. And when you're rooted in Christ, he begins to build you and make you more and more like Jesus. You see it in Ephesians 2. As members of the household of God, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. We're being built. We're growing. In verse 22 of that same passage, he says, in him you also, here's the phrase, are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. He's building us. Peter says it this way, like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. Isn't that a great metaphor? We're, we're like stones, like look at all these bricks and, and, and blocks that are built this building. We're, we're like stones that are being built together. Um, why? To, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus. Being saved means growing. Being saved is justification. He declares you not, sin, not guilty of your sin. He declares you to be righteous with Christ. But being saved is also sanctification. He, he begins to grow you, to make you holy until he brings you home. I want to say to you, God doesn't skip that step with anybody. If you've been born again, 
You will not find one person in Scripture, even the thief on the cross, who didn't show signs of sanctification, of growing in God. When we're planted into Christ, when we're grafted into the vine, God the Father, through His Holy Spirit, begins to work in us, and He begins to build us to be more and more like Jesus. Faith in Jesus results in becoming more and more like Jesus as we grow in discipleship. Well, there's a third reference here. It's from the legal world. And I'll show you why in just a moment, but it's from the legal world. It's, he, he says we're rooted, we're being rooted, having been rooted, we are being built up, and now he says we're being established in the faith, just as you were taught, being established. It's a continual process also. God does it, and he continues to do it. The word is found in, in legal text of Paul's day. That's why they talk about it being a, um, a, a legal term. It, it was a word used in legal te text that spoke of validating or guaranteeing something. The guarantee of salvation is the promise of God and the work of Jesus. But the way that you know that you're saved is have you trusted in Christ? Have you been rooted in him? And are you being built up in him? Are you being built on a foundation? Are you growing in him? Now listen to me. Everybody grows at different phases and different paces. Some people grow quick, and, and some people become more and more like, say, Billy Graham. You know, they, they, they just seem to be that person. And, and other people, they struggle. They, they still struggle not to say certain words, and they still struggle not to do certain things. They, they struggle with certain things, but, but there's growth. There's growth day by day, and you can look back in your life, and you may not be able to see the growth in me, but... but Kim can say, I can tell you, he's not the same person he was because we live together. Or I can look at my life and say, I'm not what I was last year. I'm growing. I'm being established. And, and notice, he establishes us in the faith that we've been taught. It's through the word. We're rooted. We're built. We're growing. God establishes us. He plants us on the firm foundation. As we study the Word, as we dig into the Word, as we read the Word, day after day after day in our life, we grow in Christ, in Christ in us. And then there's one more reference here. And I don't know of a better way to say it than just the results. The results of these things. When, when we walk in Him, as we're commanded, we do so because we've been rooted in him. We do, we, we, when we're rooted, we're being built up. And when we're being built up, we, 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 we're established. And that leads us to abounding in thanksgiving. Do you see that? Abounding in thanksgiving. When we see what God's done, when you look at what God has done to save us, when we see in this passage what God is doing in us, and when we look at the scriptures and see what God will do one day in glorifying us, when we see how we were declared not guilty, and when we see how Jesus is growing us day by day through his spirit, and that one day we'll be glorified and done with sin, how can the default setting of our life not be thanksgiving? You see this. This is why, this is why we can rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Why? Because I believe I'm in God's hands. 
And if God, if I'm in his hand and something happens to me, it didn't happen outside of God's will. It didn't happen outside of God's abilities. It didn't happen outside of God's knowledge. There's a reason that God's allowing this to happen. And I may never understand it on this side of eternity, but when it comes in my life, I can look and say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't necessarily like what you're doing, but I trust you. Because in this, you're building me up. In this, you're making me stronger. In this, you're making me more like Christ. That's why we can, uh, we can suffer as Paul struggled, and he talked about it last week. It's why we seek to encourage and knit one another together in love. It's why we give everything we have to be mature in Christ and to help others be mature in Christ because we know what God's doing. Everyone who's believed in Jesus is rooted in Jesus, and God is taking those who are rooted, and he's building them up to bear fruit for his glory. He puts us on the foundation, and it leads to the fruit of thanksgiving and all the other things that come. God's working in us. The other night, I was reading this sermon, and I thought, the Holy Spirit said, well, what about the other night? The other night, I, I came home. I, I just wanted to do nothing. You know, was, the day was over. I didn't want to do anything. And my son-in-law, Carson, he, he's part vampire. And what I mean by that is he operates in the middle of the night. But he was coming through. He was doing one of his gig things that he's doing. And he said, hey, I really need somebody to help me load something into my trailer. I can't do it by myself. And he said, I'll, I won't be there till 9.30. Now, I don't seem, 9.30 is nothing to y'all, but I'm in bed by 9.30. Okay? <laughs> and I was grumpy. I was grumpy about having to go. I was grumpy as I went. KJ went me, with me, and she said, KJ said, okay, Dad, you get two more sides. That's it. <laughs> I was grumpy. I don't know why I was grumpy. There's no reason for grumpy. When I think about what Jesus is doing. And my wife is never grumpy. Unless it's me being grumpy. Then she gets grumpy at me. Some of you are really good at that. But one of the things we have to do is begin to look at Jesus. And look at what the scripture says. And, and just ask, is this true in my life? Am I being thankful? It's not just a holiday once a year. It's It's daily. This passage really gives us some points of reflection, doesn't it? Let me just walk you through it real quick and we'll close. Have you received Christ? I, I know in a room this size there are some here who have not. Have you trusted in what Christ has done for your salvation? You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You don't deserve it. But in his grace, Jesus died for you so that you could be saved. Have you trusted in that? Have you asked him to save you? Have you believed that what he's doing is enough? Again, I'll say it again. Every one of you are sitting full weight in those chairs. You trust that chair. You're, you put your whole weight into it. You believe that it will hold you up. Do you believe in Jesus like that? Do you trust in what he did? Have, have you received Christ? If you haven't, you can Ask him to forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your life and promise to follow him by his spirit to follow him for the rest of your life. You'll need the spirit to do it. It's not easy. 
Have you been saved? Maybe you've been saved. Maybe you've been born again. Are you, are you walking in Jesus? Is there something God's calling you to do? This next Wednesday or next Sunday, we'll, we'll be baptizing. And, and maybe you need to be baptized. And, and, and you've been saved, but you've never been publicly baptized. And, and, and you need to do that. Come see us. We'll talk to you. We can baptize you this next Sunday. Have you, have you done the things that God's calling you to do? Have you, are you walking in him? We sing this song in the first service. If, my Jesus, if ever I've loved you, my Jesus, it's now. If ever I've loved you, my Jesus, it's now. Is that true of us? Can we look back to a place in our life and say, I used to love Jesus more and I love him now? Can we look back and say, I used to walk with God a little differently than I do now? Are you walking with him? It's, it's as simple as coming back home. The Father's arms open wide. He's looking for you to come back. He's pleading with you through his spirit. He wants you to come back. If you come to yourself and turn back to him this morning, I promise you the Father will receive you with open arms. Maybe you need to come back to him. Maybe you need to walk with him. Are you planted in Jesus? Are your roots growing deeper as you study the scriptures? Are you, are you being built up in him? Are you, are you joining with the body of Christ and being built together? Or are you becoming more and more like Jesus, established in the faith? Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Does that dominate our mind? Does it dominate our thoughts? Does it dominate our words? We don't live in a very thankful world, do we? So let's get back to where we started. We don't earn what Jesus did for us. We never can. Do you know if you lived the rest of your life perfectly, you still wouldn't have earned it. You can't earn it. We can't earn it. We can't earn, we can't deserve what Jesus did for us, but, but surely I can look at what Jesus did for me and be in awe. I can live my life in all. That he would die to save a sinner like me. I can live my life in all of what he did and, and trust in him and follow him and do what he's called me to do, which is simply walk in him. Come take a walk with me, he says. You never know. You might get so good at it, you'll be like Enoch. One day Enoch and God are just walking. It's only one of a few places in the Old Testament Enoch walked with God. And I know this is a little preacherized, but they're just walking. And someone said, God looked at Enoch and said, Enoch, you know, we're closer to my house than yours. Why don't you come home with me? And God just took him. That would be a great way. Just walking with God until he takes us home. Would you bow your heads? Kim and the guys are coming, and we're going to sing in just a moment. But let me ask you again, have you been born again? Is there a hunger in your life for the things of God's Word? Is there a hunger in your life for God? You've been born again. Do you need to 
respond to him in some way. Several people in the last week and a half have come to my office and sat down with me and talked about joining the church. And, and, and several are going to be, a couple are going to be baptized and some have joined. And, and, and maybe that's something God's called you to do, to, to come. You don't necessarily have to come up front to join the church. You can come see me in my office. We can talk about it. As long as you've been publicly baptized, you can join our church. Is God calling you to be in the Word, to, to do something at work, to, to, to start something new? I don't know. Walk in Him. Father, help us. In this moment, this moment, we, we all have an opportunity to take a step. And we can step closer to you or away from you. We can walk with you. Or we can try to walk against you. But help us to remember Jonah when he doesn't walk with you. You have a way of getting us on track, and we thank you for that. So I pray for each person here. I pray, God, that your spirit would speak to our hearts and show us what we should do. And a Holy Spirit, you would cause those lost to be born again. And let us walk in you. Until you call us home, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing. Tim's here. I'll be here. Mark's out in the foyer. If you need something, we'll be happy to help you with that. Let's stand together. For I have been transformed 
Father, thank you. Thank you for the power. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So you shed your blood. You covered our sin. You paid the price that we might be born again. And you don't leave us there. You keep working in us until one day you promise we'll be done with sin, done with this old body, and glorified in your presence forever. Thank you, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Let's remind you, um, ladies, as you go out, the, the Kelly Mentor tickets are on sale. We do have to put up the chairs. Don't forget to register for Wednesday night meal. We hope to see you Wednesday night in this room. God bless you.